even when you're aware, even when you care deeply, even when you're burnt out, you can still get to a place of peace and rejuvenation so that you can keep fighting the good fight. Creative solutions are the best contributions we make. Welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. On the show, it's my job to tease out the creative solutions my guests are coming up with to change the world through creativity, social action, and mindset. I also give you tips and techniques so you can do the same. This episode is brought to you by my upcoming class, Meditation for Busy People, where you're going to be able to discover clarity and joy in just five minutes a day. It's also brought to you by the Brain FM app and this podcast's host, Podbean. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram or TikTok and check out our shop for merch, music, and musings. The links are all in the show notes. Hello, and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg, here with another Vegan Life Solutions episode where I'm exploring the intersection of veganism, environmental issues, and personal well-being. I'm going to be here to guide you through a journey of self-discovery and actionable solutions. And today I want to dive deep into the topic of veganism and deforestation. This is all part of the Veganism and the Environment 10 episode series that I've been doing. This is episode eight. I can't believe I'm almost at the end. But really, this is also about how the weight of the world's troubles can make it challenging to find peace within ourselves. Both can coexist. You can care deeply and you can be peaceful. And I want to talk about how we can do that even when we're tackling these really, really big issues. Okay, picture this. You're aware of the immense suffering animals endure and the alarming state of our planet due to deforestation and the climate crisis. It's overwhelming, right? Sometimes it feels like the weight on our shoulders is just too much to bear. But in this episode, I'm going to share with you some surefire ways to manage your stress quickly and efficiently. If you stick around until the end of the episode, I'm going to have a special bonus for you. I'm going to reveal three easy techniques you can use to de-stress whenever the weight becomes too much to handle. Because frankly, if you're too stressed to take action, you're going to burn out and that's going to be it. So even when you're aware, even when you care deeply even when you're burnt out, you can still get to a place of peace and rejuvenation so that you can keep fighting the good fight. So if you're vegan like I am for the animals and also aware of how animal agriculture practices are decimating the rest of the ecosystem and the biosphere, it, beca- it does. It becomes, it just sort of makes you feel like you're being, an anvil is sort of pressing you down. And so I want to give you something that will help, even as we talk about these really weighty issues, I want to give you something that will help you relax and rejuvenate so that you can still fight the good fight. So I'm going to do that at the very end. But today I want to dive in to deforestation and its deep-rooted connection to animal agriculture. I want to explore how choosing vegan alternatives can combat rampant forest loss and protect the delicate balance of terrestrial ecosystems. Now imagine a majestic forest, vibrant and teeming with life. It's a sanctuary for amazing countless species and it provides habitat, clean air, 
and vital ecological services, not just for that local ecosystem, but frankly, for the rest of the living, breathing beings on the planet. Because remember, I always like to talk about that sort of infinity symbol. And I ask this when I work with kids, I ask them this question. Do you know what we breathe in? And they go, air. And I go, great, but what is it? And they go, oxygen, mostly oxygen. Okay. So boom, we breathe in oxygen. And what do we breathe out? And they they get it. Carbon dioxide, CO2, great. And then I go, but do you know what plants breathe in? And they go, uh, and then we figure out that plants breathe in carbon dioxide. And then what do plants breathe out? They breathe out oxygen. So the more plants we have on the planet, the better that balance is going to be, especially since our population is growing so much, the, the planetary population. I mean, we need to be sure that we have enough plants to balance out how many you know, walking beings, moving beings, flying beings are breathing, right? If we have too many people breathing out carbon dioxide and not enough plants taking that carbon dioxide, fixing it at, through photosynthesis and CO2 fixation and releasing life-giving oxygen, we are going to be in trouble. And I've talked about this before. You know, they say that Mars is our past and Venus is our potential future. Mars probably was like Earth at one point. They keep thinking they've discovered water, da-da-da-da, and there are possibilities there of things that used to be there but are no longer. And Venus is, greenhouse gases run rampant, right? So that is the potential if we are not careful with that very delicate, delicate balance. Because really, the forests are being stripped away, trees are falling one by one, and they're giving way to vast expanses of pasture land or fields, for animal feed crops, right? And and it's funny, I met a woman just the other day, shout out to you, Becky, uh, sitting <laughs> sitting at Dreamery having my vegan uh, chocolate-covered ice cream. Uh, I started chatting with her and her husband owns a lumber reclamation business. In other words, when there's old lumber that can still be used but is about to be thrown out, his company comes in and reclaims it so that fewer trees are cut down for all of our wood needs. And I forget the name of the woman, Jane Evershed, I want to say, who uh, created a, a painting. And on the painting, she said, if trees could scream, no one would ever sleep peacefully again. And that's just true because we are countless, countless trees are being cut down uh, to make room for either pasture land or fields for animal feed crops. So the stark reality is it's happening on a massive scale across the entire planet. And it's essential to understand the destructive link between animal agriculture and deforestation. So let's imagine a puzzle, a, a really beautiful, intricate puzzle that represents the complex web of life in a forest. Each piece of the puzzle is like a species and it fits perfectly together to create that thriving ecosystem. They balance, they depend on each other, and they thrive together. But what happens when we forcefully remove pieces from the puzzle? First of all, the image becomes fragmented and incomplete, and ultimately, the entire system's gonna suffer. And that's exactly what happens when forests are cleared to make room for animal agriculture. And the intricate balance there is disrupted and the consequences ripple throughout the entire ecosystem. And I'm gonna tell it this way, ultimately the entire earth biosphere. Deforestation not only destroys habitats, but also exacerbates climate change. 
Forests are natural carbon sinks, like I was just mentioning. They breathe in that carbon dioxide. They absorb vast amounts of CO2 from the atmosphere. And when trees are cut down and burned, not only do we lose this valuable carbon storage, but the released carbon compounds further contribute to global warming and the climate crisis. It's a double-edged sword, right? But here's good news. By embracing a vegan lifestyle, we can directly combat deforestation and its harmful consequences. Because choosing plant-based alternatives over animal products is like turning the tide in the battle against deforestation. When we opt out for a plant-based burger instead of a beef patty, or as I like to call it nowadays, a dead cow patty, we send a powerful message to the entire animal agriculture industry. We demand change, a shift towards more sustainable agricultural practices that don't sacrifice forests and their vital ecosystems, not to mention, of course, the lives of the many billions of animals that we kill every single year. We have to always remember that, that, that at, at the root of all of this is, is in some ways speciesism, right? It is animal suffering to benefit humans. And it is, first of all, not sustainable long term for the animals, of course, but also for us and also ultimately for the natural resources of the planet. And I like to say it this way, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. No matter what happens, no matter what we do, chances are the planet's going to be just fine. The planet will survive likely until 4.5 billion years from now when the sun does whatever it's going to do, either becomes a red giant or becomes a supernova, depending on whether or not it's quite big enough to do what it's going to do. But we won't, you know, we will be long gone, but the planet will still be here 4.5 billion years from now in one way or another. And so the planet doesn't care. Right. The planet does not care. We have to care. We have to be uh, aware of the fact that we are interdependent with all of the other creatures and living beings and living things and plants and this and that and the other on the planet. We are all dependent on one another for survival and humans are frankly taking more than our share. And that's something that we have to remember. Non-human animals don't take more than their share. We are the only animal that does that. We take more than our share and we're greedy. And as we do this, as we keep populating, it's like Mr. Smith said in The Matrix, we are like a virus. We go into an ecosystem, we eat it all up, we essentially leave it destroyed, and then we move on to another space. The problem, of course, is that we have only one space. Ultimately, we have the planet Earth. So we have to be incredibly, incredibly careful to choose wisely. And I think the power of our choices extends beyond our plates. As citizens, as consumers, we have the ability to influence market demand and shape the future of food production by supporting companies and initiatives that prioritize sustainable sourcing and regenerative farming practices. We can help create a world where forests are protected and thriving ecosystems coexist with our agricultural systems. And I'm not talking about animal agriculture here. Of course, I am talking very specifically about farming that is plant-based, of course. I'm vegan, so I'm never, when I talk about farming practices, I just need to put it out there. I'm always talking about plant farming. And I want to invite you to take action. Educate yourself on the devastating link between animal agriculture and deforestation. Dive into the resource 
uh, really explore the documentaries, and there are tons of them. You can learn from organizations. You can Google. It's just there's a ton of stuff dedicated to forest conservation and sustainable and conservationist land use. So I really, really, really want to encourage you to 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 do your own research, you know? I, I really I'm going to keep talking about it every Friday you're going to get some sort of a vegan life solution episode, but I want you to remember that there's other information out there too. But if you decide to stick with me on this journey as I explore all of these different facets, come back every Friday and listen to the vegan life solutions episode and consider joining the Patreon community by subscribing there you're going to gain access to future episodes where I'm going to keep continuing to explore creative solutions for this vegan lifestyle. And as a member of the Patreon community, you'll also receive exclusive bonus things and behind-the-scenes content and videos and art and suggestions for recipes, cool and new things as far as uh, different ways of doing episodes. And actually, since you are here now, if you're here on Friday, there's going to be a very special episode on July... 11th July 10th is the big launch of the of the meditation class July 11th and I'm still not sure if I'm going to try and do it live I might just do it and then just release the episode right that day just because we're doing something really cool Jungle Cafe and I are going to be doing a super cool event where I'm going to come in and we're going to do a live episode on an Indian uh, they have buffets. Indian Day is Tuesday, and they're going to make some special dishes, and I'm going to get to try them and talk about them, and then I'm going to talk to the owner slash manager about his process of having a, an amazing little vegan restaurant right near the water near Transmitter Park in Brooklyn that serves the community that is all about love and accessing joy and doing no harm, really ahimsa. And so I'm very excited about that episode. If I don't manage to get it out on Tuesday, it'll be out the following Monday because I really want you to to understand more about the process of being uh, of being a vegan business, the, a process of being a vegan establishment that serves the community in a really fundamental way. So I want to encourage you to join that episode too. It's going to be, I, I think, really amazing and inspiring. And if you are thinking of starting a vegan business, I'd love to hear from you, actually. I'd love to talk to people who are vegan entrepreneurs to get that more of that out there, that you can be a successful entrepreneur and be vegan. And uh, there, there are lots of resources for that. But I want to I highlight your work. If you're a vegan business owner, I would like to highlight your work. So contact me. All right. I, I, I want to just keep going to hear that I, I'm grateful to you for joining me on this journey because... There's a critical link among all of these different things and living a cruelty-free lifestyle. That's ultimately what it is. Like the more cruelty-free you are, the more compassionate you are, the more free you are and guilt-free you are to live a really amazing life. And so I want to pave the way for a more sustainable, compassionate, creative future. And this to me is just, I'm not illogical. This to me is a really great way of doing it. So I want to thank you for joining me on this episode. Stay tuned in just one second. I will be here to talk to you about the really cool bonuses I have to manage stress when, (laughs) quite frankly, all of these heavy topics, all of the issues, all of the stuff weighing on you just gets too much. There are three easy techniques that you can use right now today to feel better.
So hold on for just one second. All right. Are you ready to discover a sense of peace among the chaos? These techniques are not just quick fixes. They're powerful tools that can support you on your mission to make the world a better place. By taking care of yourself, you're going to be better equipped to create positive change in the world around you. So let's get started. When things feel too much, here are three things that you can do. Technique number one, grab a pencil and a piece of paper. Drawing or doodling isn't just for artists. It's a therapeutic practice that benefits us all. By engaging in this creative outlet, you allow your mind to focus on the present moment. It becomes a form of meditation, offering respite from stress and tension. So go ahead, let your imagination take the lead and feel the worries fade away. Technique number two, the power of music astonishes me. Put on a piece of music you love and listen to it as if you've never heard it before. Allow the harmonies, lyrics, melodies to wash over you, enveloping you in a soothing embrace. As you immerse yourself in the music, even for just one song, you're going to find solace, inspiration, and a renewed sense of calm. Let the music be your guide to a tranquil state of mind. And now technique number three. It's time to dance like no one is watching. Remember that song you used to love to boogie to when you were younger? Put it on and let the rhythm take control. Allow your body to move freely without inhibition. Dancing not only releases physical tension, but also brings forth a surge of positive energy. Embrace the joy, let go of stress, and dance your way to a lighter heart. These three techniques are your key to unlocking a sense of peace and managing the stress that accompanies your quest to make a positive impact and leave the world a better place, right? One of my guidelines in my life is leave it better than you found it, but sometimes it just gets exhausting. And so I rely on these kinds of stress management techniques and also I rely on micro meditation, right? This is something that I really believe in because I just don't have the energy or the time to meditate an hour a day. I just don't. I wish I did. Uh, I get maybe 15 to 20 minutes a day in, and still it's really impactful. (laughs) It actually makes a huge difference in my day if I get some time to just be and not think about all the things that I have to do and all the problems of the world. You need a little bit of time. And so I'm going to ask you to consider Another easy five-minute way to relieve stress, and that's my Meditation for Busy People class. It's going to be open on July 10th, but you can pre-register. The class is available for really only $29.99 because I wanted to ensure that anyone seeking to start a meditation practice to manage stress, to cultivate peace, to access joy, to rejuvenate and restore and recharge, to go out and fight the good fight, can access it. And if you register for the class anytime before July 14th, 2023, you're going to be eligible to win copies of my books. And I have nine books out now. And my intern, Peter, shout out to Peter, the intern, has said, we need to give giveaways, prizes and bonuses to people who register for your class. So if you register for the class anytime between now and July 14th, 2023, you could be eligible to win 
a copy of Life Elements or a copy of Speak From Within or a copy of perhaps even The Fiddler's Talisman or Win the Day. I have nine books. I'm super excited to have those available or make those available to you if you register for the class. They are mostly self-improvement, but some fiction. Die by the Sword is going to be available too, I think, and that's my mystery novel. So I'm very excited to have you join in. And also, if you register, there are lots of bonuses if you register (laughs) before July 14th. I'm going to host a, a live exclusive webinar for only the people who register for the class. And Basically, I'm not going to sell you on anything. I'm just going to do a really deep dive meditation into abundance and joy. So sort of cultivating that and how to keep it going after the meditation. And I'll also be there to answer any questions that you have. So I hope you join me for the class. And really, the cool thing about the class, I have to say, I really wanted to focus in on the fact that a lot of us are busy. A lot of us are stressed. A lot of us feel like it would be just oh, one more thing to add on. And I wanted to take that one more thing to add on and sort of go, if you feel like you're too busy to meditate, then this is something you really need to do right now because it takes literally five minutes, right? The meditations themselves, there's introductions, there's a couple of things to do for the class, but the meditations themselves are no more than five minutes. I wanted them to be super accessible and a super easy, if you will, gateway drug to deeper meditation if you decide you can do it. And one thing that I've noticed is when I meditate, I feel like I have more time in my day because when I'm stressed, when I'm running around with my hair on fire, frankly, that's when it's not working, right? That's when it's like, ah! (laughs) So instead, I meditate just a few minutes a day. I get myself into that space. I usually, right before I do my Tai Chi or my yoga, depending on which day it is, when I get into that meditative space, even for five minutes, I feel like things open, like there's more room to breathe. Regardless of what my day is like, I'm not as hyper-reactive. I'm not as stressed out. I'm just more chill. I'm just more relaxed. That's it, really. That's what it is. I'm just more chill. And therefore, I am super able to be flexible and to respond from a more peaceful place. And in fact, when I work with my life coaching clients, this is another little bonus for me to you. When I work with my life coaching clients, I I want, I actually am going to encourage you to find the video of this because it's going to be on my TikTok and my Instagram because I'm about to do it. So here's what you do. I want you to make your hands super rigid, like make it open your fingers and really make it super rigid. Now, from that rigid place, try and wiggle your fingers while your hand is rigid, right? It's it's painful, actually, to try and, ow, that actually hurt. Uh, it's painful to try and wiggle your fingers when everything is rigid. And now I want you to just relax your hand and let it flop. And you can see if you're watching the video, it's just flopped. And now wiggle your fingers. Super, super super different. Notice for yourself, try it again, rigid, wiggle your fingers. Is it hard or easy? And now let your hand relax and wiggle your fingers. Is it hard or easy? Or is it easier or harder than when your hand was rigid? Why it's important is because it's the same exact thing. When you're stressed, you tend to be more rigid because you're in that fight, flight, or freeze sympathetic nervous system part of your brain, which means you're ready for a fight, which means you're tensed because you know it. 
And if you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, which is after meditation, uh, you're going to be more relaxed. So wiggling, getting, getting more flexible, being able to be more maneuverable will come more easily. And that is the key, right? That's when you feel like things are expansive, like you have more time, like you have more freedom, like you have more options. Because you can see and experience more options because you're not rigid. Rigidity is usually focused in one direction and and might be going from one direction to the next, to the next, to the next in hypervigilance. But when you're rigid, that's what's going on versus flexibility and being more open to whatever's coming. And when you are in that space, you can respond much more effectively, much better because you're not focused in one direction. And in fact, my keto sensei had us do this. They would have us be rigid in one direction and she'd come by and she'd just push us and we would just fall over. We would collapse. And it's like, wait, what's going on? And she'd say, well, as soon as you're focused in one specific direction, instead of loose and potentially going in any direction, if I go into the direction directly perpendicular to where you're focused, you're incredibly weak there. So that's why rigidity is not great when it comes to that. If you can find the the point where the weakness is because the thing is rigid, it's just you're just going to destroy it. It's just going to crumble apart. Whereas if if you're relaxed and flexible and maneuverable, if you will, when she would come along and we were relaxed and be, being able to go with the flow, if you will, she would try to push us over and we'd just go loop and we'd move, but we would not crumble. Why? Because we were able to go into any direction from where we were instead of only focusing on one direction. So that's the same thing with meditation and with mindfulness. When you do that, that is what you're doing. And that goes through to every part of your life, in your conversations, in your communication, in your creative life, in your professional life, being rigid, holding to a single way of doing things will eventually make you wonky. And what you want instead is to be flexible and maneuverable and receptive. That will eventually make you compassionate, creative, confident, and curious about how to come up with those really cool solutions so that you are able to do a better job at whatever it is you're doing, whether it's creative work, personal life, or your career. Everything becomes more attainable when you're flexible. Alrighty, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I am Isolde Trachtenberg for the Creative Solutions Podcast. If you're listening to this on Friday, consider registering for the class. There's some fun bonuses uh, that will be available to you. Until next time, I remind you, as always, to be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2023. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. Until next time, keep living what you believe in. Thank you.